Get <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted. God <laughs> damn it. Nope. All right. Redo. No, right. keep no going. leave it keep in. Going. Yeah. We're, Welcome we're going. to Unscripted Gaming. My name, My is, name is Josh. Mike. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mike. And uh, is Ray. Ray is here. Um, but as always with our Game of the Year <laughs> discussions, I guess. By the way, it's it's our Game of the Year podcast. Who knew? Um, given his stature at a incredible uh, mobile gaming Megacorp. clicker agency, he, um, he will not be. Uh... Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> There's so much to unpack right there. He will. Uh, he will not be joining our deliberations. He will just be here to uh, throw in the occasional snide remark and uh, produce this wonderful audio podcast hitting your ear holes so uh can i I add a real quick production note before you go on this might be our last episode for a couple months because we're going to relaunch the channel later in 2018 under a different title but uh while i i have to do some things with real life i already told what josh and mike is it's nothing bad it's nothing super awful it's actually kind of cool but that'll require us to like go on a hiatus for like I don't know three four months. It's gonna be a little busy. Yes. Now we can, we're still gonna upload new game videos. Yes, there we're will there will podcasts. be there will be content hitting the pages. You know, Mike may upload some Creed Got Robs in the during that time. You know, there there will be things happening. Just unscripted gaming as the podcast may be taking a little break while we do some. Life and production stuff behind the scenes before we relaunch with some some hard hitting shit in your ears and definitely in your face. panic about it. And Josh knows what not to do for the new channel. Don't you, Josh? <laughs> I will. I will only make clicker content. That that's what you're referring to, right? Actually, I, I wouldn't mind that if you have good like background audio. That that sounds kind of funny. Anyways, well, please continue. That's it. Admin well done. This being our Game of the Year podcast, here's kind of the outline. We've got a couple superlative categories we're going to rock through. Then I think Josh and I, uh, then we're going to kick off our, we're just going to go back and forth, give our personal top fives, and then we are going to give out the, oh, I already forgot the name of the award. Let me just uh, remember it here. We're going to. I'm come on, stalling. Come on, come on. As I remember, there's a there's a lovely there's a lovely acronym. Come oh, on, you can oh, do where it. Where is I it? Believe oh, in I you. can find it here soon. Uh, boy, 2017. Come what on. a uh, what a time for games. Just just incredible. Good thing we have a producer for this episode. Mm-hmm. The NAGATT. The not as yes, good as Tap Tycoon. The, the not as good as Tap Tycoon Award for the game of the year. It, it has parentheses, but oh. still pretty good. <laughs> but it to win the not as good as Tap Tycoon is a great honor, and I think Josh and I will will briefly pick based it's, on. It's our, really just an honor to be nominated. On, it, it's an honor to be nominated for the not as good as Tap Tycoon. Um, Based on our top fives, we'll probably. I think there will likely be a game that we will pretty be able to agree upon. Agree upon being the bestowed, the not as good as Tap Tycoon. But I get ahead of ourselves. We have much ground to cover before. Yeah. We give out the illustrious, not as good do. as Tap Tycoon. 
Do you want to? Do you want to? Question real quick. Oh, Ray. Jo- Josh, do you actually still play Tap Tycoon? Uh, I am. I am reformed. I am reformed. Um, I did play a, a little bit of Tap Titans two. Um, oh yeah, there is a two. Yeah, they came out with a second one, and then when that came out, Tap Tycoon went to shit a little bit. So, um, but I realized recently that I still have money in Tap Tycoon. So I was like, you know, I could just I could just pop in to see see what's been going on. What's the What's the harm in that? Did you spend money on a clicker game? For our no. our first category, <laughs> our first category tonight, we are starting. This is we are starting off. We're gonna get a little fun here. We're gonna start with the fun category. We're calling this one the milkshake duck of the year. For those who do not know. A milkshake duck was coined by Twitter user Pixelated Boat in 2016. When he, when he, uh, basically the gist is that every the internet loves a milkshake duck, loves milkshake duck, a duck that drinks milkshakes. Five minutes later, we regret to inform you that the duck is racist, and tragically, there are several, uh, several milkshake ducks that occurred within the gaming world this year. Um, some are a bit, are a bit, you know, more. Less of a true milkshake duck than others, but I wanted to get Josh's opinion on them, as I believe they're very important to, uh, uh, in reference to our game of the year discussion. So, Josh, let me tell you about the first of our <coughs> milkshake duck ca- uh, contestants here. So, ooh, okay, so. Wait, there are contestants. Yes. You guys so the first one I'd like to tell you about is a game called The Last Night. If you would like to Google that, I would recommend you do so. Uh, it is a really cool cyberpunky looking uh, game that was shown off at E3 this year. Um, has some really cool art. Looks really great. Just some really just looked really really cool and really neat. However, as basically as soon as that. Um, as soon as pe- people saw this trailer, they're like, wow, we got to get to know the guy who uh, made this game. And let me tell you about uh, the uh, co-creator of this game. His name is Tim Sorit. And uh, he has uh, some pretty interesting tweets. Um, mostly joking about how, oh, let me see here. Uh, he says that the the last night take quote takes place in a cyberpunk world where modern feminism won instead of egalitarianism. Oh. oh. Around the same time, he said he claimed the game would show quote the dangers of extreme progressivism. And inquired about the possibility of using Gamergate mascot Vivian James in the game. Mm. So, just wanna you know, just wanna wanna put that out there. Um. Okay. Okay. Contender, contender number two. Contender. A game called A Hat in Time. Cherished, you know, a platformer. That uh, you know, people were really excited about. Has some cute art. Um, 
Guy actually has pretty good reviews. Our hat in time moment, our, our, our milkshake duck here, comes from learning that JonTron, um, YouTube's favorite uh, white supremacist, uh, if it has a um, has some pretty significant uh, uh, voice acting within the game. You know, obviously that's a, uh, you know, he can act and uh, stuff like that. But you know, it's just when your game. Uh, has someone who, you know, says things like, says things that JonTron says, like, oh, let me just find a couple of examples here. My internet is going very slow. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, you know, arguing that black people are more prone to be criminals than white. Uh, oh, you know, arguing that the Women's March is something that's incredibly sexist. Uh, you know, just kind of usual, uh, basically blaming refugees for, uh, for violence. Um, you know, just, just the, the you, lots of good stuff of, uh, just good stuff you want in your game. Um, our next milkshake duck is a bit of a different turn here. Um. Thanks to intrepid reporter uh, Ben Pack at GiantBomb.com, uh, we were some some historical footage of uh, Super Mario World uh, was reviewed, and you know everybody loves Mario. Great guy, real. <laughs> you know he's just been a real gaming icon. Uh, it turns out all these years when he's been you know r relying on Yoshi to help uh, get through these levels. In order for Yoshi to eat fruit, yes, I'm very serious. He's been punching he has that guy to, in he the is head. He's physically hitting Yoshi to make the tongue come out. He's not like, yeah, go Yoshi, yeah. He is striking him. That was confirmed. I've known this since I was twelve. It's the, the pixels are obvious. Raymond, <laughs> are you finished? <laughs> Our fourth milkshake duck. This is this is the least milkshake ducky of them in that it's not a. Oh, this guy's kind of cool. Oh no, this is a bit. This is a bit of a, a slow burn. A real thick milkshake, if you will. It's just the true shittiness of uh, the true slow burn shittiness of Notch. Um, you know, uh, basically, <laughs> you know, beloved, beloved creator of um, this is like the, the of, is mine, of Minecraft. Uh, everybody likes Minecraft. One of the biggest games of all time, literally. Uh, but it's, it's a little bit. In, he is no longer associated with Minecraft in any way, partly because he says things like, "Anybody who doesn't believe in heterosexual Pride Day is." Uh, is uh, a sexist and a hateful person. Um, oh, you know, likes to do things, say things like hash, it's hashtag it's okay to be white. Uh, and, and more just, I think I, I, I put, I, again, this is not new, truly new, a new milkshake duck here, but someone literally made a, um, literally, literally made a Minecraft bot that uh, blocks him on Twitter for you. As in, it's something you can add to Minecraft, put your Twitter account information in, and then the the contraption within Minecraft will will block will block Notch for you. So I just thought that was uh, th that's kind of why it got on here. Also, I needed that's a fourth good. one that's to fill good. out the category. So, Josh, what do you think is our milkshake duck of the year? The last night. 
A hat in time. Mm. Mario hitting Yoshi. <laughs> or the slow burn shittiness of Notch. <laughs> <laughs> mm. that's, a, that's a good one. Not where I, you know what, and and I, you know, I thought you were gonna leave one off of here, and I, I but uh, you know, there's there's plenty of time for this other thing that I was thinking of to shine. So, uh, whew, I, uh, mm, hmm, that's a good question. I think I'm gonna have to go with number one. I think one. that's what I picked too. In that, it's just, it's just whole, it's just a, yeah. a, it definitely has the most whiplash. Because if you look up the trailer for this game, The Last Night, it looks so cool. I love the style of it. But then you just read about what this guy has said, and you're just like, man, this guy is such a dirtbag. Oh, my God, that's so bad. Oh, (laughs) damn it. And that's, you know, that that really just kind of goes back to... You know, a general discussion we've been having, and I think really especially in 2017, of the the difficulties in enjoying a piece of art from somebody who does shitty things or says shitty things. The heavy burden of being woke. Um, Especially when the, uh, the person says that they're dystopian sci-fi game is a result of progressivism and feminism you know that fuck you just fuck you uh this category is not exactly what i intended uh, i thought it would be well (laughs) surprise that's part of the magic of game of the year there's a reason there's a reason mike left the like actual thing Crossed uh, out. That's maybe what happened, but you know, hey, when it comes to you know, these are the thing, the subversive tactics you have to do to stick it to the SJWs. Okay, that's 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 what you have to do. <laughs> Our next category. Well, I think after that, after that, moving, I gotta have a drink. On here. I'll I'll briefly introduce our next category. This one's a little bit more traditional. Um. We are going to talk about the game of just some of our games that have the most graphics. The um, much much graphics. And basically many, many, I think, many uh, numbers of polygons. Or not polygons. Hmm. Think about yes. it. Think about it. The most graphics here. And 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 basically what I think uh what what we should talk about here is just a couple of the games this year that, uh, you know, either just were gorgeous fundamentally or had really cool design, and just some of like the, some of our favorite visual, most graphic-y games that we enjoyed this year. So, Josh, what are some of your most graphic-y games of the year? Well, my most graphics, uh, I've had a really tough time. You know, I, w- most of the categories you gave me, I was able to pick one specific thing with a few runners up. But this one has been really tough. Um, I think because this year we have not only been granted with so many good games, but we've been also inundated with so many different visual styles and things that are beautiful for different reasons um so this one was really tough but uh, there were there were three that i picked for this year things that i thought needed to be discussed 
Um, and I'll go ahead and just list them, and then you know I can give some just some background mm. into why I picked it. Um, and those are mm. Cuphead, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and Destiny Two. Now I think Cuphead. If I had to pick a winner for this category, for me personally, um, you know that's 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 my winner because this style of that game is just unlike anything any of us have ever seen before. We've all seen pretty skyboxes, we've all seen gorgeous environments, um, but we've never seen something that looks exactly like a 1920s cartoon mm-hmm. in video game form animating and looking yeah, the way that it does um so fluid so fresh having that whole aesthetic the way they just nail that look and feel of you know the old steamboat willie cartoon era just it's just, it's mind-boggling it's, like it's something i i never yeah. thought i mean i just when i when i first we first saw like kind of video of that i'm like how is that going to translate into like an actual game and like still be like fun. Um, but I mean like the art, like I think it's still like the game is still, it, it, it it's really stylistic and really beautiful and just, it must've taken a crazy amount of work. I mean, all games do obviously do, but, but the fact, I think the fact that it's the style is, it's so true to that style without sacrificing like, or getting in the way of the game, which still feels really tight is truly remarkable like because i've played i've played games that don't feel that tight that have a way more simple art style so they it's clear that they not only like we're super dedicated in in you know living up to the that style and making it look true to form but also making sure that it is it serves the underlying game well yeah and it's it's one of those games that I felt compelled to show people who don't play games that game. Definitely. Like that that was something where I was like you need to see this because it's just so unreal that they were able to do this. So, um, you know, I just I just made sure that people saw that game, you know, the other game Breath of the Wild, Destiny 2, those are gorgeous games, but I'm not rushing to tell my wife or people who don't play games like Yo, you mm-hmm. gotta see this. Um, the other two, I think, are a little easier to talk about. Destiny Two, uh, that, that's just a technically impressive game. I, I Destiny uh, Bungie makes really good environments, and while mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about Destiny, I will say all of those areas, all of those worlds, feel unique, and they have their own aesthetic mm-hmm. that I really like. And you know, I found myself a couple times just stopping in admiring the environments admiring the yeah. skyboxes you know later in the game when you get on the, the 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 sun like there's just some incredible incredible imagery and scenery in that game and it's just yeah. gorgeous to look that's at that's definitely one i, w- um, I would have mentioned too just because the the environmental design is so cool and it's i mean it's really varied from like the um i mean from the stuff on like io which looks really different from the stuff you see i mean with the expansion with the stuff on like mercury uh which is really different from the cabal stuff which looks really different from the the raid which is a completely different aesthetic and 
just all the environment. I mean, the character designs are pretty cool, uh, but just the environments are just so drop dead gorgeous. Like it is. I mean, like you said, I seriously would just stop and just like just just look at that. Just just look at that. Like it's really cool and just it's something that is like I I played a lot of that game, and it's something that I I like. 70 probably like maybe 80 hours in probably at this point maybe more uh it still just does not it still just never stops being super duper cool yep i would absolutely agree with that and then lastly i said zelda breath of the wild uh you know that's just one of those things where that world and that environment and that art style just complement each other so well and and it's it's another example of nintendo being really good at extracting every last bit out of their hardware you know we all know that the wii u and the nintendo switch are not the most powerful consoles but they still manage to create these really lush full lived in environments that are just gorgeous to be in and look at and, and and it really makes you want to explore that world you know i don't think the exploration and the side stuff in in breath of the wild would be nearly as impactful if those environments in that world wasn't so beautiful and engaging and and able to draw your attention and draw your time and wanting you to do more with it so uh you know that's that's my uh that's my most graphics yeah, category I for the, this year. Um, after double checking here, I think the one the one game I would want to add to our most graphics category. Uh, let me see here. I guess the one that really stood out to me, um, I think it was Horizon. Uh, d- just on like a raw technical level. Uh, I kind of I kind of bounced off the yeah. game. Uh, I mean, for uh, it, it didn't crack my top ten. Um, uh, just I mean, well, hey, I can I can talk about my list whenever I want. Don't interrupt, <laughs> producer. Darn it. Um, <laughs> but Got you. It, 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 it well, since I mentioned it, um, Zelda I think it expo- Zelda does really good. What Horizon does very poorly and so so for it, it playing zelda just it just made horizon made me look at horizon really differently uh and just changed how i what is probably fine just felt so constricting after zelda um but just technically horizon is just one of the most dropped gorgeous games i've ever seen like you do, I, I it's the kind of thing that just makes you forget that like Wait, how is it possible that this image is being produced? Like, how does that happen? Like, what are the things that they're doing to make this look this good? Like, it is, like, it's clear that Gorilla has a very innate understanding of, like, the PlayStation hardware. Because it is, like, the stuff that they're, what they're able to get that thing to do is just absolutely mind-boggling. And, uh, and this is coming from someone who hasn't, who doesn't, uh, I I didn't I don't play I don't have an HDR TV, uh, and I hear that this game is also just just makes mind numbing use of the HDR tech as well with like lighting and stuff like that. So, uh, just as another kind of raw technolo- technological like achievement, I think it is 
visually I think it definitely has it has at least like seven graphics maybe even eight um and honestly I would I, I would <gasps> echo what you said and I would honestly put that on my list the only reason I didn't is because I don't have a PlayStation 4 and I didn't actually play that game myself but I mean I've seen so many screenshots and 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 videos and stuff of that game and every single time I see it I I really want to play that game I just blown away by the way that thing looks Definitely. it's it's incredible um and <clears throat> yeah so I think that kind of wraps up our most graphics category that we was, talked about a lot of different graphics, graphics. um but like you said, I think if we had to pick a winner, I think Cuphead would still like the Cuphead is just mind boggling. It is wild. Um, yeah. Our next category is a pretty broad one here. It's our best what moment. Basically, there's a lot of things that happened in games this year that made me go what. So we're dedicating a uh, a uh, an award. I guess mostly for, mostly for narrative, but honestly also like personal experience, um, too. That we, we that we want like might want to shout out here too. So, um, Josh, why don't you why don't you tell me about some of your favorite yeah, what um, moments of I, this year? Yeah, I will. I will say we we forgot to kind of preface this, but um, there may be some spoilers uh, here yes. and there. Obviously, we are talking about our games of the year. And this is a category where we're really going to potentially spoil some stuff, but, um, we will try and do our best to not make it too egregious. Um, but mine are going to be tough not to, uh, when, when I read this category, I had a really hard time, not just writing Wolfenstein two, <laughs> uh, <laughs> cause I, I felt like every, every hour or so of gameplay, I had to alt tab away from the game and immediately, message Mike and Ray or, or, you know, basically anybody else I know who plays games because something happened that just blew my fucking mind. Um, wait, wait. I still want to play that game. Keep uh, Mike, why don't you just take um, your headphones off for five minutes and we'll hurry up. <laughs> good, good call. Um, so... Broad, very broad strokes. I boiled it down to Venus. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. It is a scene where a lot of that game really kind of reaches ahead, reaches a point where you really start to get a sense of just the sheer scope of where this game is going and where it is gonna go in yes. the future it, it kind of um, the venus stuff um definitely comes after like the turning the kind of the turning point of the game when it kind of is like semi-serious like sober in terms of tone and it has gone just full pulp off the rails uh like it's it's a really cool kind of transition uh, and, and just and, and I think a lot of things in this scene, which I just you know we're not I'm just I'm just gonna warn Ray when, when editing this part. Uh, basically, your character is auditioning uh, to play himself in a movie being directed uh, by none other than uh, Hitler himself. 
uh, who's like 80 years old at the time, and uh, you encounter Hitler at this audition uh, at a space on a space station in Venus, and it, it definitely gets a lot to like kind of the uh, parts of the underlying message of the game where like how I mean as Hitler is I mean because he's an old decrepit guy he's like you know he literally just pulls out a bucket and like. And it just starts peeing in front of everyone. And it's, like, kind of gross and weird. But then you think about it and you're like, well, this guy's, you know, it's it's kind of a allegory of, like, how Nazism moved into America and how a lot of people, a lot of people were okay with it, which is, like, the big, big point of this game. Like, like. Well, and it, it just it just goes to show to... You know, it, it's this thought experiment on this guy now rules the world, essentially. He's running everything. And in his old age, after all of his drug use and his his rise in the, the struggle to gain power, how, how paranoid he is, how delusional he is, but also just how he can do whatever he wants. He literally pulls out a weapon and ices two of the actors there to audition for the part and nobody bats an eye or does Mm -hmm. anything about it or says anything because he's Hitler. He runs the world. He may be sickly. He may be delusional. He may be deranged. He may be crazy, but it's the cult of personality around him that you don't say anything about it. And you put on a smile and you say, Good job, Mein Fuhrer. Yeah, and, 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 and it's a really great summary to to show just like, you know, bad things can, if you enable someone, you're respons- you'll be responsible for really bad stuff and really shitty things. Uh, right? We are still going. I'll. I'll um, well, we'll, we'll give you. We'll uh, give just you the a. Up. Uh, let's see what other. Um, but also, I mean, it's and, extra and there, spicy there are, because there are lots of other moments, actors, which is really yeah, spicy and, and blasted. Real <laughs> yeah, and there there are more moments like that littered throughout the game. But I think that's one of the the big ones that you can point to and just say like, one, holy shit, they went there. Two, the like that moment after some of the other moments where where things have kind of gotten positive to go to this and see basically the culmination of the enemy that you've been fighting this entire time beyond beyond you know death head and 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 frau angle like the real real enemy and you know the person who allows those two crazy fuckheads to be who they are um just it's 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 incredible plus you know it's yeah, it just really I, drives I, home how evil enabling is, which is something that is yes. we didn't think would be really relevant, but here we are. Um, but it, but are I mean that I think is one of the big points is just like everyone's just okay with it, and even despite yep. how on the face disgusting it is. Um, but yeah, Wolfenstein. Yep. Uh, are you ready for, yours? for what? Yeah, right. Yes. Can we can we bring Ray our can producer back, back in? 
Okay. <laughs> um, uh, we actually talked about the game shot for shot, so you're going to have to just, you know, take your headphones off while you're editing um, yeah, it'll this be all podcast, right. so you're welcome. We'll figure it out. Um, also, our producer is muted right now, so uh, but I won't tell him. Uh, I, I know that what timestamp it was. I got these sticky pads. Nice. The pen, like the <laughs> nice. Good job. Now that's producer. Yeah. Um, some... Uh, Taking that shit seriously. Uh, I think one of my... What? Moments of the year... Uh, I, I have a lot of little little ones like the I mean the first time you saw like one of the dragons in Breath of the Wild that was super cool and just a serious like the fuck is that what I mean it's one of the few times like in a game because I had absolutely no idea that something like that was going to show up and it, it uh, part of the reason why I really liked Zelda was just because it kind of create like the way it like recaptured like mystery and like a ad- true like adventure um was it, it recaptured it in a way that just felt was so cool and um um i just want to like seeing one of those like big dragons just come crashing out of like the lake like right in front of you was super cool and just added so much like mystery to the world and it was super fun uh, I think my probably my standout moment of the year um, is uh, the very ending, the very end of a game called Near Automata. I'm going. I can talk about it pretty generally, uh, but there are some it, it, the way it drives home the larger idea because the existential philosophy is is the key of Near Automata. Uh, and, and the game very much, like, is very much of that. And not in a way where it's just, like, ranting it at you, but how it bakes it into the game and into the music and the environment is just really cool. And the the credits, or I guess the end sequence of the game, just does the way it ties all of that in together and how it's, like, a summation of this kind of, kind of bummer of a journey that your characters have gone on and what it and how it asks you to like create meaning in absurd in like the absurd life as it's like referred to classically um and like what it means for quote the human condition unquote is just super cool and is just really damn inspiring and I I don't think it's something I will ever forget. It, it's something that is like truly truly memorable and just in a I mean cuz it's the game I don't want to say the game is depressing but it's it, it's profoundly it's dark in a lot of ways and the this the final sequence is such a is such a change in that that is it's so drastic and so just incredible um and what you are what you are asked to sacrifice in order to get there is something not a lot of games ask of you and it's but you feel it feels so right and good to do it that it's an easy choice to make and it's it's Man, 
it's really something. And that's all I'm going to say because my main man, Ray, is still working on that one. So, also there's... I just started Route B today, and uh, if, I, if I can ad-lib, I took like up two months off after completing Route A, and I messaged Mike, and I was like, I don't get it. I don't get why everyone's saying like this is game of the year material. It's alright. It's okay. But as I'm playing through Route B, I'm starting to see like, oh... Oh, like oh, route, oh, route B oh, is I when see, it kind of starts. See. Okay, uh, when it starts getting a little like interesting. Like, did you notice when you were setting up your options, uh, the options anything? Like that's yeah, when it starts yeah, that, doing that, weird stuff. Yeah, that was stuff. a really cool part where I was like, Yoko Taro, you sly son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, like it, that's, th that's cool. also like one of my low key things because like, Josh, you, I have a minor near spoiler for you. Is that okay? So when you the on the first route, because the game starts with like you play the first playthrough as this one character, and on you do in the second chapter of the game, you kind of you go through the same part of the story from the perspective of the other of the, that character's partner. And in the first part of the game, like you go through the options menu to get set up with your controls and camera and sound and whatever. Um, and, and and so you don't really think of anything of it, but in the second part of the game, when from the other perspective, your that character was guiding you through the options menu, it plays it, it had taken it took a recording of you going through the options menu, the first on your as the original character, and plays that back from the perspective of the new character in chapter two. Cause you're like, why is like I can't? I'm not. Why is this like? Why are these movements like so familiar or like so kind of? You recognize your own movements through the menu, and it's just something that's like, oh, mm. oh, it's just it's just a really weird like, mm -hmm. and something they probably didn't need to do, but they do, and it's like, that's kind of when you start realizing something is that things are kind of up, and are weird, and it's just. Interesting. Yeah, it's just really cool. Was cool. That, that was um, a cool part. It even paused at the part where, where I was setting my options where it asked you, like, do you want to turn on self-destruct? And I literally stopped inputting commands, and I cheated and looked online. I was like, motherfucker, do I want to input self-destruct or not? Well, that way you can blow yourself up like on the space option. station again. And it... <laughs> Uh, I accidentally got ending G. Yoko Taro, you, you hey, mother... Hey, we were just running experiments, okay? <laughs> Look at what ending G is. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think my, That's my, my true, like, big what moment of the year is the ending of Nier, just because it's, uh, it's just really damn special. And... That's, uh, that's kind of what I got there. Anything else you want to add, Josh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this one was one that I just kind of, like, thought of sitting here, and I was like, oh, shit, that, that would be really, um, bad if we missed it, uh, but the Nintendo Switch, specifically, you know, the whole docking and uh, undocking and how, you know, that actually works Can we talk about those menu sounds, too? I think, oh, they're good. It's, okay, especially when you have the... You have it undocked, <laughs> and you have to unlock it, and it goes, wah, 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 and you press the button three times. Uh, Fucking man. great. Wait, what? I'm sorry, what? Okay. What, what happens? Take the, take, 
take it undocked. Yeah. Like, and wake it from sleep, and it says press the button, like, three times, and you do it, and it goes, like, wah, wah, wah. There's, like, this sound that it makes when you press the button three times. Oh, it's oh. It's fucking... There's some it's good, good sounds. It's too it's good. Good sounds. Yeah. But I, I think... I think there were some of us here who were <laughs> cautiously optimistic and others who said it was going to be a giant failure. <clears throat> <clears throat> don't know who I could be referencing, but I don't think... Listen, all right, hold on a second. Listen here, motherfucker. No, 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 no. Give me a second. This is the same guy that said, and I quote, VR is the future and you're a fucking idiot if you don't believe <laughs> There's still time for you, by the way. There's still time. They're making new headsets. I I have on three separate podcasts, three said I was wrong. The Switch is one of the best systems to ever release. Well, I'm just just reminding the good people that, you know, I don't think any of us could have really, 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 even in our most optimistic, foreseen just how incredible the Switch actually was and how quickly it would catch on and how much love it would receive. And I, I think that's one of those things that pretty much every Switch owner who has opened their Switch and started playing it and tested everything out that they said just went, fuck, I got to tell people about this. This thing is incredible. So, yeah, that's my that's my last what moment from 2017. I have one, if I can add one. Ooh, yes, please. I have one because it really doesn't impact anything at yeah. all. Um, the Song Festival Ooh. in Mario Odyssey. There's never been a moment in video gaming Ooh, in the last 10 years that has... 20 years. I'm going to go back 20 years. The last time I had this moment that made me feel just profound love for the video game industry mm. was when you use Omnislash as your final attack on Sephiroth. That was such a good moment. I had like good dreams about it for a week. The Omnislash. <laughs> oh, the Omnislash. Yeah, I dreamed about suplexing. Just... I dreamed about suplexing a train for a um... <laughs> Why not? But that that music festival in Mario Odyssey. I'm not going to spoil what it is and anyone that I I just started Mario I just Odyssey. started playing uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good one too. But there's a music festival, and that part the entire time. Yeah, it's really, it's really just like it's just just pure joy. It's super. It's just a what that game is such a damn treat, man. Yeah, that that was that was my all right. Games are back. Games never left, but Jesus, they're back. All right, right, storming on to our next category. Uh, the most Fuego mixtape of the year. Uh, this w- normally would be a category about best music, but I had an ulterior motive here in that uh, I wanted to introduce a best music category so I could uh, bitch to the uneducated and unlearned people out there about why they're wrong about the Breath of the Wild soundtrack. <laughs> and I would like a platform to do that, so I created this award. Let me tell y'all why it's okay for this Zelda game to sound different from other Zelda games. Breath of the Wild has... Please, Mike, inform me. 
Nintendo referred to this game as an open-air adventure. And part of this game is just... It's... The special moments of Breath of the Wild to me aren't the the, the big encounters. I mean, they're, they're fun moments. But it's the, the moments of you just, like, traveling, from, like, exploring the landscape, you know, just sailing or riding your horse peacefully across, like, the mountaintop, like, across, like, the high plains, um, cooking, or just, just, you know, just exploring the environment and, like, poking around. And it's kind of, it's a really solid, it's almost like a solitary kind of game in a lot of ways, uh, at least compared to, like, past Zeldas. And so, to imagine, if you just basically copy-paste the music from the Ocarina of Time directly onto Breath of the Wild, it absolutely does not fit that game at all. And it would make that game just, it would be unbearable if there was just an over, because you spend so much time in, like, the world, that, like, an overworld theme would be so just, it would just be, you don't want that. You don't understand how oppressive that would be. Yes, you, I'm talking, you know who you are, I'm talking to you. It would just be so oppressive. So I think the, like, just the piano, the strings, like, and just the, like, the subdued instrumentation, it just lends itself so well to the, like, to what, it's so reflective of what you're seeing on the screen, and the it's so evocative of those, like, peaceful kind of environments that it's just, it's so refreshing compared to, like, the, um... I mean, just the like the cacophony of a Hyrule field in like Ocarina of Time. I just think it is just it just it is it it doesn't have the the most music, but it uh, it uses it so well because it understands to say it saves music for impactful moments, like when you're talking to Zelda or when you're fighting a boss or when you get to like a town. Um, and it just lets the environment breathe and just work. Yeah, I agree. I, I think people are very reductive when they say that the limited scope of Breath of the Wild soundtrack detracts from the game um and and i think they really don't like you said understand <clears throat> just how much thought went into those decisions it wasn't just haphazardly done like all of that was very calculated and thought about and very they were very deliberate with their use of music where it is, how it is structured, what it goes to, and how vast and empty and open the overworld feels, and how some of the stuff you're just you don't have this grand soundtrack because you're just traversing this empty and broken world. So it really wouldn't fit to have some chipper tune as yeah. you're running around trying to gather your memories and 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 go to face but people are people are barbarians and they don't understand that so we need we need to teach them and learn them 
Because they do not understand. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes less is more. And Uh subtlety is very important. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, So, yeah, I, I agree with you. That is a, that is a very good contender um, for most music. I mean, uh, this is the exact opposite of most music. That is why I came up with a name uh, besides most music. Because, again, this was just a Trojan horse to bitch about people who don't understand why the Zelda music is actually, Breath of the Wild score is actually good. And they're wrong. Well, I, I want to make. I knew this was I the route you were. Admin note: I had no idea Mike was going to add this category. <laughs> I'm again being blindsided. Well, I saw in the doc what you were going for, and I had a feeling this was the rant you were going to have. Um, <laughs> but I prepared something completely different, and my award this year goes to Cuphead once again. Um, that is just some incredible incredible jazz music and incredible soundtrack the open that opening title sequence it like with the the barbershop sound to it which everybody knows who knows me knows i am a sucker for barbershop music i think i knew that i think i definitely forgot that like five years ago but yeah you did fuck that's yeah the the grainy the grainy um the grainy vinyl tubey mm. sound that they've got to everything like it sounds like it was really recorded on 1920s equipment like it just it has that crackle to it oh real good it's so good sometimes i just throw that soundtrack on because the level like damn, the, the level good. victory the stage victory music is so good they're just some really good as they call them in the business yeah. licks they're good licks yeah Parting shot on that music category. The music in Nier is super duper good. Shut up about Nier. I agree. What? Yeah, the the music in Nier is something to behold. It doesn't work, in my opinion, as well when you're outside of the game. It's so good. When you're in the game, it just kind of clicks together like a bunch of gears. Pascal's Village slaps slaps I mean it slaps yeah, Ray okay, that's yeah, it that. discussion over our next category <laughs> games that slap well more like PR fuck ups that slap because this category is called quote there was an attempt unquote uh, and basically I intended this category for us to talk about our the worst parentheses best uh, fuck ups uh, across all boards this year Um, because there are a lot of them in gaming because that's how gaming is. So, Josh, what do you think? What's your what was your what was the worst best fuck up this year? Ray had a question real quick. What was once you guys are done? I actually want to add to this because the worst fuck-ups in gaming affect me directly. Please go ahead. Getting getting less of those clicker transactions, huh? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! Nice. Tap, tap, <laughs> tap revenue is down. We're only making... 52 AD dollars a day when we were making 87 BB dollars a day. 
Tap faster, monkeys. I know this reference. I played this game. <laughs> Quick, cook spaghetti and drop it on your iPhone. <laughs> when don't... you get kicked from the clan for not tapping fast enough. Dude. <laughs> you don't fuck around with the clan. Wait, what? Because oh, China's going to win if you're not 2017 careful. 2017 threw me for a loop there. Sorry. <laughs> don't, don't, forget, don't forget the weekly war. America never loses that. that. That's no, the, no, they don't. That's the best <laughs> they part. They never lose. It's just how it's like, it's like, oh look, I'm, I'm. It's good to know that America's imperialism extends to fucking clicker games. It's really good. It, 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 it's. I. It's not like they win by a little. They like win by like five score yep. over the next guy. <laughs> Can I also just say somehow and. Almost an hour into this podcast, I have yet once again derailed us into a tap tycoon discussion. <laughs> Motherfucker, we're not even at, we're not even giving out the, the the almost as good as tap tycoony. We're not even there yet. I know. I've got one more opportunity. At or least they're not as good as tap this, So um, not almost as good. Sorry. <clears throat> um, I just I apologize Fuck for up bumping into year. my microphone and creating a blah, 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 blah. um. Well, besides me just bashing oh. into my microphone, um, I had. I had two for this category, um, and it might it mm, it might not be a hundred percent what you're going for, and it might not be what you're expecting. Um, also, because when I did this, I kind of changed some things on the fly. First, for me, there was an attempt was Ghost Recon Wildlands. There was an attempt there. There was an attempt there to make a not bland, not boring, not <laughs> shitty military squad-based shooter with witty bands. <laughs> baby makes three. They, they, there was an attempt there. They tried. They earnestly, they earnestly tried. This I really love good. this category. This is absolutely not what I was expecting, but it really is very good. Okay, boys, we're going to try uh, to make a fun game that's fun to play by yourself, but uh, but also fun to play with friends, and definitely our characters don't sound like jackasses, and definitely there isn't, like, weird jingoism, and, uh, yeah, um, and, and it's fun to drive around. Oh, no, yeah. boss, we did in the a, in an arrow In an era where the... <clears throat> In an era where the drug war is really starting to kind of like weigh on people and the whole, you know, America imperializing over a, a second world country, you know, to act as judge, jury and executioner, you know, is maybe a little bit of a gray area. Let's get fucking four meatheads to go and do exactly that and say really bad quips and one liners at each other through very generic environments. What is like... So there's like yeah. tone deaf. What is like beyond tone deaf? Is there something like other? It, it, what's the difference? Is, is there something Postal? between like intentional shitty propaganda and tone deaf? Is there something in between that? Because that's like where Wildlands. That's uh. the, the that tiny sliver is where Wildlands operates. There's the itty bitty bitty bitty. Yeah, it's it's not it's not quite one or the other, and honestly, it would probably be better if it were one or the other. But <laughs> America's Army, wild like you could forgive it if it were a yeah, it, you could forgive it if it was like blatant recruitment material or a blatant like 
actual tongue and cheek um, tongue and cheek discussion of that symptom of America and American imperialism, but it's it's neither, and it's yeah. There was an attempt there, and it was bad. Yeah, because it. it Oh, sorry. My just second, one last thing for Wildlands is oh, like. Sorry, no, you finish your thought. Because it wants to have this like tactical military shooter kind of feel, which it, it kind of when because I actually picked it up on sale because I'm a monster, um, and uh, I know you did, and I thought about it too, and I was like, no, I can't do. Hey, this. well, if you I ever can't. pick it up sometime, let me know. I uh, see. The problem is that like it, it's not tactical enough. Like, the game isn't, like, challenging enough for you to feel really good being tactical, but it also doesn't have enough good enough open-world jank. So it really just kind of falls in this, like, kind of middle ground. It just feels weird. As you said, Josh, there was an attempt. Yeah, like, like yeah, like, the vehicles are not good enough to react to the environment well, but they're not bad enough to react poorly in a hilarious way. So it just does really shitty things, and you're like, oh, fuck, this was bad. But, uh, yeah, America. Fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, my number two might surprise you guys. It's Metroid Samus Returns. Ooh, spicy. <clears throat> I like. <laughs> wait, wait, question. Did you, did you Mikey, beat the game? Mikey. Not yet. I, I can't. I can't bring myself to finish it. I try and I put I'm I'm you know I'm I'm chipping away at it, but never have I felt the need to just sit down and power through. I I feel you 900% having beaten that game 100% so I never have to play it again. I I like what they're going for. I admit that the game has problems. I I'm not just saying this because of AM2R um, and, and looking at a more faithful <laughs> recreation of the original game. I'm, I'm, I'm not. The, these ah, ah, ah. AM2R and, and Samus Returns are separate. A <laughs> lot of it has to do with the goddamn 3DS and how they structure the game on that console. Okay. And in a year where the Switch launched... To put this fast-paced action platformer on a handheld console with a terrible joystick and no way to remap the controls just makes you makes me look at it and see what could have been. Even if they'd have just let you remap the controls and let me use the joystick for the things that they make me use the D-pad for, and let me use the D-pad to move around. Because, honestly, the movement isn't that fucking precise that you have Mr. to have Mr. Mr. does not find it. that It's acceptable. not. Fuck him. If only you had bought more Wii U's, then maybe your request would have been reconsidered, Josh. <laughs> How tragic. Yeah. It, it... Metroid Samus Returns on... The new 3DS, with its current configuration, just makes me look at and think about what could have been if they had made a few different design decisions or put it on the Switch. And that, that there was an attempt there. 
and I it wasn't necessarily a bad one, but it it could have been better. It could have been better. So uh, I like where I like the direction you've taken this category because there's one very obvious fuck up that we have to, we kind of have to talk about. Um, but there's a, as a, like a more personal quote. There was an attempt unquote. Uh, it's called Mike gets into fighting games, and one of my one of my favorite games oh this God. year has uh, was Injustice Two. I loved the story mode. I really like all the treatment of the 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 DC like universe characters. It just feels really cool to see like the ridiculous supers of like Flash running someone through time and punching him into like the Sphinx and stuff like that. Um, like all that stuff is really cool, and I was getting pretty decent against the AI. And I was like, okay, you know, I got my guy. I know his combo. I know my combos. I know how to, like, stick to what, you know, I know where my, my uh, bread get, is buttered here with uh, Dr. Fate. Uh, let me try this online button and, uh, and, see, and see how it goes. Yeah, um, about a match or two in, I, I, uh, I got a hit on somebody. That was a big win for me. I, I touched somebody once. It was a big, big win for me. <laughs> it's just, man, people are really good at fighting games, guys. It's really bad. It's bad out there, man. It really sucks because I want to like fighting games. And I know that's, you know, how you get to Carnegie Hall is by getting your ass clowned by people who are way better than you constantly forever. But damn, it sucks. It's It sucks so bad. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, so are you saying like the matchmaking in the game is bad? Because it should have matched you with noobs just like you. Yeah, that's how bad there are Mike no is. noobs like me. Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> no noobs like me. Damn. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, because I, I played a little bit more, and I think I got a better read on like where I was. I got to some better matches, but those first few are just like, just, it really just throws you into the lines. Then, man, it's real bad. Cause it just, man. I ain't never seen someone combo with Black Canary like that one person did. It was real bad. Um, so that's my there was an attempt. With uh, that Dragon Ball Z fighting game coming out that I pretty much have to buy because it looks amazing. Um, I'm gonna We're going to have Seriously? an update on this. But, uh, I, I, that's coming to, that's been PC, right? I think... I think right here, all Unscripted Gaming can agree. Ooh, I think we should all purchase that. Throw I up some like content. that idea. That's a good idea. If it comes to PC, yeah, sure. I we'll thought it was we'll coming double to check that. We'll do- I think it's... Uh, we'll PS4. double check that. Either way... I- I- you keep, you right keep talking. You guys keep going. Uh, you keep talking. Uh, I will fact like, check. On a more global kind of fuck up, is I think we definitely have to talk about the hilarity that was the Battlefront 2 launch. And just the ever... Mm. Just the, Can we please? Like, I mean, yep, there's been, a lot yeah. has already been said about this. But it is just hilarious that, like, the it's really, I mean, there was an attempt because there, there was an attempt here because, you know, okay, we, we'll get, we're getting rid of the season pass. No one liked that. Uh, we're adding a campaign. We're getting more stuff in it. Um, and I was like, yeah, these are the kinds of things. These are, this is good. Okay. Um, the kind of canary. We're not going to have paid DLC. Yeah. The canary in the coal mine. Here was uh, was people seeing Shadow of War and be like, oh, wow, this game is infected with loot boxes and is real bad. Also, people, I'm glad that people were like, sidebar on Shadow of War, I'm glad that people were like, 
isn't it kind of weird to like subjugate an entire race of people to like take over a country? I mean, I know it's Lord of the Rings, but isn't that kind of weird? I kind of, I'm kind of glad people are like thinking about that. I don't know. It just, it does. When you think about it, I'm like, eh, that is a little mm, okay. Anyways, sidebar. Fuck oh, orcs. <laughs> Bright now on Netflix. <laughs> Come watch it. No, you're um, fuck orcs. Uh, but <laughs> but oh, Mike, God. orcs aren't people. It's you know what? It, it's okay. <laughs> Don't open that can of worms. Thing, it's okay for things that aren't people to be have access to the same rights. Get over it. Anyways, is this before or after the the so orcs trying to kill Battlefront Two comes? Well, people get to the you know the whole timeline. People realize that the uh, that it, when the beta comes out, how like blue box ridden this thing is, and it's not just like like. Even at this point, like even just saying it's just cosmetic is like kind of wearing thin because uh, I mean, cos a cosmetics are part of the game and it's an important part of progression. Um, but Battlefront was very much explicitly if you buy basically if you buy more boxes or blind boxes, you're gonna have a a very tangible advantage above other game. people. You're going to have a and they're like, yeah. okay, we're we're reducing the prices on Darth Vader and whatever. So they like would reduce the price on like the the special characters, but then also basically cut by ninety five percent your rate of like getting currency. So effectively, it was the same. And then just like the weird content, it was just. I think this might be fuck up of the year. In that, in that, it's really just many. Like, if you look very closely, if you put the situation under a microscope, while it appears to just be one giant fuck up, it's actually like hundreds of micro fuck ups just occurring so quickly and rapidly over like a month that it's truly just unprecedented in in fuck in video game fuck ups, and it's just really something to behold. Just incredible. Good job, EA. Did great. Go see Star Wars. Yeah, so this this was actually my my winner for Milkshake Duck until I realized what that category was going to be and, and why. Right? I Everybody loves Star Wars. <laughs> we regret to inform just, you that Star Wars is stealing your money and Luke Skywalker is a bad, is mean. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about stuff so bad that legislation has been introduced and lawmakers have been talking about regulation. Like, we're talking about practices so predatory and so blatant after they said, you know, oh, we're not going to release paid DLC, so people are very excited and looking forward to it, and they're bringing back space combat. And they're like, oh my god, we might get the actual Battlefront 2 two that we were hoping for and then uh, just a big just old real, middle finger just, came out you open up the game just a case real and roller just, coaster pow, like, right there yeah and and i and i and i know some of it is attached to disney and the rules that come with a star wars franchise and a star wars game that 
takes place during the canonical movies. But that doesn't mean they couldn't have found a way besides cosmetics to bring in microtransactions and to bring in additional revenue that didn't affect the game and the gameplay so much that players who put money in would get such an advantage that everybody else would just be like, well, fuck this, I'm out, I can't do anything. Or I'm going to throw money in because I can't play this goddamn game I spent 60 80 $120 for without putting in even more money. Enough said. That, yeah. that was a big fuck up. Fuck EA this year. Can I talk about that on like a, ser- a serious level yes. as someone on the inside? Yeah. No one outside of EA, and I'm sure there are people who are in EA, agree that anything done in that action was the correct course of action for your consumers, your respect for players, and just the naked greed of it all. Like, there was no fundamental belief in your game design when a simple complaint on Reddit blows up and someone finds out, hey, it's going to take 40 hours of me being someone that paid 60 bucks this game to unlock Darth motherfucking Vader in this game. Someone comes out and says, you know what? Boom, we're going to reduce his cost by 75%. How about that? Does that make you happy? That tells me, well, why are you reducing it by that much? That means you didn't believe in what the economic Mm -hmm. cost of it was originally. You knew that it was kind of shady. When someone makes a Reddit post that says, like, how come I can actually buy power? Or my favorite YouTube video, it's called Pay the Boba. It shows a guy playing a stock Boba Fett. And then he says, you guys have the star cards, but no one's more powerful than, and he shows a little graphic, the credit card. And it shows him just pay for a bunch of boxes and he's just going 17 and 1 games in like hero on hero battles and he's yelling at people over the mic ha ha you should have paid the boba I'm in love with the boba (laughs) when When someone posts that video on once again your fan base subreddit it says look there are people paying and this is proof that they're paying for power in your already $60 premium game it, long story short, it took Disney calling EA to say, stop. Everything you're doing, you are destroying the Star Wars brand by this game. And that's the only thing that got EA to remove this system. There's this rumor, this this weird rumor that has been perpetuated for a long time in the video game industry. And it's that... Some games need these loot boxes and microtransactions to exist as a business. I'm going to tell you guys right now, because EA said it themselves, and I really don't feel I'm in jeopardy saying this. EA does not depend on loot boxes in the Star Wars to make a profit. That was for pure greed, pure mm-hmm. money. There was That's the only reason they did it. And EA released a financial report back in like early November that said... The lack of loot boxes does not impo- impact our end of year earnings. Motherfucker, why'd you do it then? That, uh, <laughs> I mean, because I think point? game development costs have certainly gone up over time. But I imagine if you compare that versus, you know, with a lot of other companies, the uh, the pay rate of certain 
executive officers of said companies. Imagine you'd see a slightly different trend in that it's, you know, more of like a like through the roof kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's all it's all yeah. we are. We are in an era where shareholder return is just more and more the focus and everything you can do to increase that number regardless of if you're turning a profit what if you've returned more of a profit and gave you <laughs> more money back to your shareholders that you know that's that's pretty much where we're at right now it, it wasn't even just like uh, EA's making a game they need to make money it is a Star Wars first person shooter the money was there just release made by dice I don't know if you guys know my love mm -hmm. of Battlefield 2142, God rest its soul. <laughs> All you have to do is just release the game and the titans, billions man. of dollars was there. Oh, don't, oh I'm so mad now. The missing titans. Ah, I wasn't as mad as I was before. Did you know EA also canceled that uh, 2142 revival project where it was fan-run servers of 2142? Mm -hmm. Just dagger through my heart, EA. <laughs> Everything I love away. Why don't you take away Star Wars? Take we away just want to play your games. God damn it! Let us do that. But Josh, you you brought up an excellent point. Same to you, Mike. It's not just having some money. It's trying to have all of the money. You can't just be satisfied with what you're obviously going to get as a return on investment. Why not increase that return on investment? Yeah, guys, 5, guys, times? guys. What if? What if? Hear me out. I know we have a lot of money, but what if? <laughs> what if we had more money? And someone slaves are pressing the table. You're a genius. <laughs> God damn it! How do we do that? <laughs> and, and this impacts my get job this man a race. In my job, and I've mentioned before, there's several games that I work on that have free to play elements. And this whole thing with the loot boxes opens Pandora's box in a way that people in the video game industry have been trying to avoid for at least a better part of half a decade. And it's that, guys, we, we don't want to make this, like, really shady. We don't want to do this scummy. Let's just make it cosmetic. Let's make it so, like, okay, maybe it's a free-to-play game. You don't have to pay, which everyone's kind of cool with. Maybe it's that you get something in the boxes that enhances progression but doesn't make you more powerful or mess with the matchmaker or something. But EA says, no, whole hog, what if we just bought power? What if you bought something that just made your gun shoot better, made your ships fly faster, and made your characters actually stronger than the people that didn't pay? What if we just did hey, that? Hey, kid, you want to be Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah, I know you do. What if you, what if you just, like... What if you just like slip me five bucks and I'll let you be Darth Vader in like five matches? Power. Come on, just, just, just slide me a five and I'll I'll give you Darth Vader for like five or six matches. It'll be it'll yep. be great. It'll be that great. Was a big fuck up. It wasn't great. <laughs> that, that 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 is the I, I I don't just consider it the fuck up of 2017. That might be the fuck up. Yeah, with the fall, decade. the fallout. This is gonna have a long tail, time? so it'll it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> we we should uh, let's Josh have more. Actually, uh, I have one more. I have one more cat like superlative. If we want to do that before our like we maybe take a break and then do our top fives. How's that yeah, sound? Okay. 
our final superlative category. As you know, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the video game series known as Destiny. And one of the hallmarks of Destiny is the really dumb gun names that Destiny has. Including such favorites as, from Destiny 1, Dr. Nope, Universal Remote, Grim Citizen 3, Super Good Advice, Bad Juju, uh, let's see, Invisible Hand M7, The Devil You Know, Zombie Apocalypse WF47, and Super Pox VLO. So there are a lot of really dumb Destiny gun names. Um, so I thought we'd ha take a little break from our intense debate on superlatives and uh, games to uh, take some games, mash up some titles from 2017 games, and make our own uh, and see if we can come up with uh, some really good dumb Destiny gun names. Oh, I didn't, I didn't understand the instructions. I, I made just a Destiny gun name. Without using games from 2017, but I think it's it a really me. good Destiny gun, and it might trigger Mike, so I want to hear him. Uh, it's the Egg Beater's Delight Mark Roman numeral 8. And it's wow. not numeral, it's <laughs> numeral. Can you run that back one more time? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is the Egg Beater's Delight Mark Roman numeral 8. This category is actually bad. <laughs> I shouldn't wow. have done this. <laughs> this is this, this is, is the my greatest. There was an attempt. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad. Um, oh, you actually spelled out the word numeral. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> Man, that's really bad. Fuck. <laughs> this this came to me like four hours ago, and I had to write it down because I was like, "No, this is too good." Because it is a fucking Destiny gun. Boom. It would also work in Borderlands, but Destiny especially. I love that you actually spelled out Roman numeral. <laughs> that That's literally really is the best part. Um, a couple of ones off the just a couple of ones off the top of my head. Um, Super Mario Injustice. Uh, let's right. see here. Yeah, it's just you can really make some. Uh, you can really make some really good ones. Um. Cuphead Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Doom 2 Oh wait, that's like a real game. Um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breath of the Snipper Clips. Okay. Okay. All right. Wolfenstein Fuck. with him too. Okay. <laughs> Evil Breath of the Wild. Ooh. We'll work on that. Workshop that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> a robot. The Disney Afternoon Automata. I'd play the fuck out of that. That sounds like some <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Persona, shit. Right <laughs> Persona Five or Two. Wildlands. Wait a minute. <laughs> Injustice Snake Pass. I can see like in a Square Enix world that exists. 
<laughs> Persona 5 2. I'm in love with that one. Uh, oh, wait. I just. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let me see here. <coughs> oh, there's another good one I had somewhere here. 1 2 Injustice. Wow, I forgot 1-2-Switch was a game. Yeah. Oh my gosh, if I was participating, that would be my there was an attempt. <laughs> um, oh, I've got a good one. Arms. <laughs> Wait, can you get that to me one more time? <laughs> Arms. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. That's a good Player one. Player Unknown's Kingdom Hearts <laughs> HD 2.5 Remix. Yeah. <laughs> As a well, third party. Yeah, Josh, uh, Josh is really <clears throat> is really cool. <clears throat> He's just whipping the map. <laughs> I'm really good at making Destiny gun. Bungie. Um at me, MetroMan1352. Slide into my DMs. Let's talk. I'll help you out. Project Next expansion. I got Project you, baby. Project FIFA Steam World. Hit me up. Well, damn. Okay. Yeah, well, hey. That well, that was a fun category. I think. I think yeah, the egg. Yeah. I think the Egg Beaters Delight NK yeah, Roman Numbral Eight is. That's really something. <laughs> <laughs> that's really special. That's, that's a, I would. I, I think it's a fusion rifle. I think that's probably what that is. Yep. Yeah, it looks like it looks yep, like a, it definitely looks like a, 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 a. I can. I, I'm right. I'll, I'll write the lore tab for it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Put that in the grimoire. Which you can only access on Bungie.com. Well, I think. Uh, I think we are going to take a short break. Um, we may break this into two podcasts you can cut this part out right you know this is just it's kind of the the sausage being made but uh yeah we're gonna take a short break and then come back with our top five games and the not as good as tap tycoon years so stay tuned yes and the not not as good as tap tycoon of 2017 so stay tuned on scripted gaming for more Welcome back to Unscripted Gaming's Game of the Year podcast extravaganza. Whoop, whoop, whoop. You know, it's Mike, Josh, it's Ray. You, you know the deal. This is part two. You know We're back. You know what it do. Uh, we just R's. kind of worked through our... Yeah. We just worked through our superlative section. So now we're going to get down to the uh, the steak and potatoes here of the Game of the Year discussion. And... Uh, 
reminders, We're spoilers may come up. We will try and avoid overly aggressive ones, but it may be a part of the discussion. So fair warning right up front. You have been warned. So uh, this part of the podcast, we're gonna, Josh and I are going to dive into our top five games of the year. Uh, I think before we do that, um, we should go over, we should send some quick shout outs to any honorable mentions that are not in the immediate top five of it that uh, you'd like to say a piece about if you don't think it'll be talked about any further. Um, for me, Super Mario Odyssey, I just picked it up um, right after Christmas, so I have not had enough time to really get into the game. I've played like... 30 minutes of it. I cannot rank it in this list of games, especially if we're only doing the top five. So, Ray, stop giving me that fucking look. I'm giving I'm giving him a hard look. I have a feeling it could knock a game or two off of this list if I had time to play it, but I just haven't. I really like the look of it so far and the mm-hmm. characters that they have introduced. I really, really, really enjoyed putting a mustache on a big ass T Rex. That was super fun. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, uh, I really look forward to playing that game, and I think that you know, if we were to do a old game of 2017 and 2018, that game would be pretty high on the list. Um, also, Evil Within Two. I have really enjoyed that game. I have not been super into the horror genre as much as I would like to um, in the last few years and that game has been a lot of fun I have not put as much time into it as I would like just with life and other games taking um, taking over that spot but what I have played of it I've really enjoyed I've enjoyed that world that environment that story um, and it, that is a game I definitely plan to finish in the next couple weeks but uh, it did not make my top Five. It is in my top ten, but not my top five. Cool. Uh, some of my honorable mentions I would like to shout out. Um, the first one I want to definitely shout out is HQ Trivia. Uh, coming in free at a free hashtag free Scott. This is a game. It, it's like Abby it's the free trivia. It's the free trivia game that you play on your phone. It's every day at three and nine. And ever since, like, I first got onto it, like, I've been really sad when I miss a game each day. Uh, just, like, the chat is awful. I mean, it's good, but it's very bad in, in that good, bad way that the internet is. Uh, it's, it's just fun trivia. I, Scott is really energetic and quirky and memorable. Um, and it's just a really cool idea that's really fun. I mean, over the holidays, I was showing it to my family, and we were all having a blast doing it together. Um, and so it's just something that's I, I've really enjoyed, and has been uh, been one of my one of my favorite kind of gaming uh, gaming moments this year. Um, let me see here. Another one I want to shout out is uh, Injustice Two, a little higher on my top ten. Uh, Again, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I just love the treatment of all the DC universe. It's kind of helping me get more into like serious fighting, like you know traditional fighting games. Uh, I just I love the characters. I loved the story mode. It was super duper. Was a blast. Uh, another one I wanted to mention was um, uh, Snipper Clips. 
just a, one of the it's kind of a really adorable puzzle game on the switch and was something i've kind of used to show off the switch with my with like friends and family in ways that have been really fun and for like really approachable for people who don't play a lot of games to to latch on and try and have a lot of fun with um that i, I that i i've really enjoyed and it, it's um, a real good opportunity to show off the capabilities of the switch and being able yes. to undock the console set it up taking the controller and turning it into two um you know that 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 was a really good a really good showcase for the nintendo switch really early on definitely and then my final uh honorable mention is for heat signature uh which is a it's kind of a miami like Hotline Miami combined with like the life of Han Solo kind of game um, and just has enough kind of blanks in the storytelling for you to kind of fill in with your own imagination in ways that's written ways that are really fun and you're like hijacking ships and it's like okay I have like five seconds to get off the ship can I like blow a hole in this gas can to like blow up this half of the ship and then and send it off course and get sucked out into space and kind of planning all those things and watching things kind of go unintentionally awry uh, is just really fun and is it's and some of the updates that they made to the game are really great too so uh, that's another one I've really enjoyed and uh I think for my honorable mentions uh I think that's kind of it um so I think we should get into uh into our top five top fives here oh wait sorry I'm I've I've something came across my desk here. Uh, it would seem that uh, my partner, um, my wife uh, Sarah, uh, she has actually given me her um, top five games of the year and uh, requested um, uh, that they be read here. Uh, um, okay, are you sure? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a drink of um, water so I'm prepared for a spit take. Okay, uh, the the Sarah's uh the fifth number five on her uh, top five games of the year uh, is the Luncheon Kingdom from uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. <laughs> number four on the list is uh, the uh, Wooded Kingdom from Super Mario Odyssey. I'm sensing a theme. Uh, number um, huh, um, number three is the Sand Kingdom. From Super Mario Odyssey. The theme is confirmed. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Number two, it seems seems to be the uh, New Donk City from Super Mario Odyssey. Realizing where we're going, I'm actually shocked that's only number two. And um, and number one is um, kind of a shocker here is uh, Super Mario Odyssey. So. Um, <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, uh, so I just uh, thank you for sharing the diverse uh, diverse list of uh, uh, of games of games there, Sarah. Thank you, thank you very much for for sharing that. Not as um, good as my game of the year, twenty sixteen bit, but good bit, good bit. Yep. Also, I, I think I, I think it's also implicit that Super Mario Odyssey was also tied for all of those positions simultaneously. <laughs> I think. I, 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 I see. I, I I appreciate how the individual pieces were separate games. 
which I'm not going to argue with because that's just the type of game Super Mario Odyssey is. Ahem. Well, now that that's out of the way, Josh, what would you like to start us off with? Number five. My number five game of the year is Cuphead. Um, that if you go back and you listen to what I was talking about with some of the stuff with the art and the music in the first part, you you really get a sense of my feelings for this game. It's just one of those things that came out of left field. I, I granted three years, you know, two or three years ago at E three when they announced it, but even even still, there was always that. There's the no fact that way, they nailed it in yeah, the way there, that they did. There's no way they can actually do what they are saying they are going to do with this game, with this art style, with this music, with this aesthetic. There's no way. But for them to come out with a game that nails that so completely and while being incredibly challenging and difficult is super fun to play, even when you're bashing your head against the wall a thousand times because you're mm-hmm. really bad at the game. And you don't have the time to devote to getting good at it because you're getting old and your timing is shit now. Um, it was still such an incredible experience and something I very much enjoyed just being in that world and soaking up everything that they created for that. I just, I cannot believe that this game exists. I cannot believe it's as good as it is. And the the time that i've had with it has been incredibly fun and incredibly charming and something i've wanted to share with people which is not something i usually have mm-hmm. with games there are games that i want to share with other gamers there are very few games that i want to share with everybody and cuphead has been that game this year mm-hmm. and it has been incredible so that is why it's my number 5 yeah i think just one quick note on one thing i really love about i i think is a really smart like game decision about cuphead is that every time you die on a boss, because uh, the game is largely just a set of different boss fights. There are a couple of other levels, but the main the main meat of the game is the boss fights. This game does a really smart thing that even though if you don't beat the boss, it doesn't just show you like, haha, you lose. It shows you like how far along the boss fight you got. So even if you're not, even if, as you're not defeating the boss, it's still very tangible about... Um, the progress you're making. Yeah. And and I think that in a game where it's like where, you know, defeating a boss is a binary yes, no. I think that ad- adding that r- extra wrinkle of like tangible progress really because uh, that game gets tough and adding that in, I think, is a really smart decision um, in, in keeping in keeping you going and making like, oh, I can make it just a little farther, just a little farther. And then all of a sudden you're there. And I think that's really smart. Um so, for my fifth, uh, my number five belongs to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and we've talked a lot about this game throughout the year. Uh, and I haven't played much um, it, it recently. I, I want to check out some of the 1.0 update and uh, more of that new map that's out. Uh, but I, this game was, I, I was never really into the whole Daisy King of the Kill like kind of sphere of of games like it just never seemed like my cup of tea but for this game to take those experiences and put it in a digestible and approachable way um was really was was really cool and i and i i've i mean we've had some great moments playing that game this year um 
I, I've loved, uh, I mean, I love how the game is so smart about sound and how it's so, it'll be so quiet at times, but then you start hearing like gunfire rattling off in the distance and like the kind of narrative that conveys in a match. Um, and then just like the, ex just like the raw, like pure gaming joy of, of coming in first place out of like a hundred other people or, uh, 50 other teams or 49 other teams and getting that chicken dinner is just was one of my favorite moments this year. And it was just super duper fun. So, um, and I, and I really, and I think they've done a pretty decent job like patching it and adding new features and mechanics. So I'm really excited to see what the future of that game, uh, is and, uh, where that game, uh, uh goes from here. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's really exciting that they have, actually officially released the game they've added a new map they have added new features and that game continues to evolve and, and be the phenomenon that it is but uh, yeah that's uh, you know they'll, they'll come up again later in the uh, <clears throat> later in the list of um, uh, give, giving some stuff away there so uh, shall we move on to number fours go ahead my number four is an indie game made by one person. It is a robot named Fight. Um, mm. I've talked about this quite a bit on the various podcasts over the years since this game has released. Um, it is a 2D platformer. It is a Metroid-like, as they like to oh. describe it. <laughs> it is a Metroidvania-style game. But it's also a roguelike. It is run-based. So you have one life, and when you die, you go back to the beginning. Um, it's a pretty incredible game. There are so many various nods and winks and homages to Metroid and Super Metroid in this game. Um, you know, the character very much looks like Samus. Uh, a lot of the jumping and the movement and the sounds are very evocative of metroid but it has this randomization and run-based nature to it that really I, I think mike said this it's just one of those combinations that just seems so made in heaven it's very surprising that we really haven't seen anything like this before um it's been a pretty incredible experience especially in a year where <clears throat> while we got the metroid game that we have been so deprived of for a while um i find myself playing this game more thinking about this game more and wanting to go back to this game more far more than i ever do metroid samus returns this year um so i i solidly and confidently put a robot named fight into my top four spots you got your Metroid in my roguelike. You got your roguelike in my Metroid. Oh, no. Now what are we going to do? <sighs> Wait. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Oh. As Ray face palms. Let me open up my phone to remember what my number four is. My number four is... It was so impactful. <laughs> is uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, good game, Breath good of game. the Wild, it... Uh, I really wasn't like, wasn't really sure what to expect of Breath of the Wild. Um, I really like it. I really like it when Zelda games kind of go out, kind of take risks and do things that kind of 
change up the formula. So the with all the okay. news that it was this was going to be a pretty big departure, generally had me pretty excited. And I just, I mean, like we we talked about it earlier a bit um, in some of our best moments and stuff, but just the sense of adventure in this game, like adventure is such like a hard thing to like capture in a game like adventure in the sense of like childlike wonder and, and and like curiosity is something that like i haven't like this game captured in a way that i haven't felt in 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 i i'm old enough to say this now in like a decade um and just the way it's designed to be like you you go across a hill and then you do a shrine, and you're like, "Oh wait, what? What's that over there?" And just the way you're always like constantly just getting off into tangents and exploring, and uh, and all like just the charm with the characters you meet and the the music when it is used is wonderful. Uh, and it's just a joy just to like go in that world, plop down some waypoint uh, across the map of somewhere you want to get, and then just let yourself get distracted along the way and it's it's really it was just a i don't i haven't played i I, i'm excited for the future of zelda in a way i wasn't in in a way i don't think i've ever been before like i now that they've kind of broken out of this like the traditional zelda mold i'm really curious to see like where they go from here with zelda just because this entry was so different uh, but just was so incredibly successful in achieving what it set out to do. So. That would be my number four. Yeah, I'll have more to say later. Yet again, Josh. Well, what is uh, what is your number three? Uh, my number three game of the year is Plunk Bat. Um, I, you know, <laughs> he still calls it that. My player unknowns PUBG for the game is Plunk Bat, and there's nothing you can do to get me to change it because I like it better. Um, but there's, there's not much more that I can really say that, that Mike didn't already say, you know, echoing a lot of the same sentiments of a game that truly surprised me this year, game that I did not expect to play, was not on my radar, obviously. I don't think it was really on anybody's radar. In a game that on paper both very much sounds like my kind of game and very much doesn't sound like my kind of game. Um, the whole being of a DayZ and survival game mod. Josh does not, not like mods. I do not, not like a fan. mods. I do not like mods. I also don't like very long trudging survival games you know when you're on your own and you're collecting resources and you're crafting and then some dude fucking ganks you from a mile away because he's been playing this game for 18 months now straight and he's way better at you and then all your progress is eliminated and you go back to the beginning i'm a dad i don't have that kind of fucking time anymore god damn it so to hear about this game jeez (laughs) (laughs) tell us how you really feel well it's one of those things on paper I'll be like you know a younger me in middle school playing on my back in your SOCOM days yeah back in my SOCOM days would have been all about but I just don't have that kind of time or that patience anymore so to tell me that you've got this new game and this this 
genre and this mold in from this lineage is just is another eye roll like oh well there sounds like a neat game that i'm not gonna play but but it does it in just the right ways that captures some of that essence with some of that socom feel with some of that beauty of isolation and real cooperation that so few games really capture these days and i just had way more fun with it than i could had some of the most heart-pounding moments that i've ever had in a video game or even in my you know outside of that there are very few times that i can think of besides like real vigorous exercise where i have been that nervous that excited that pumped uh mm-hmm. besides the birth of my daughter <clears throat> nice good save <laughs> good cover but yeah the, mm-hmm. it was it was a truly surprising and incredible game despite the jank it i I'm so glad that this game has come out this year, and I look forward to see what it does over the next few years. So that is why Plunkbat is my number three. Awesome. Uh, my number three is uh, uh, to the uh, the um, displeasure of my wife. It is uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, <laughs> from, in that it is not higher. Uh, but I loved this game just because. It, I mean, it's like a it's. It takes the core just mechanics of, of, of a 3D Mario platformer. It's, I mean, it's as those on on a base level, those mechanics are as just solid and feel as good as ever. Uh, like it's the, all the platforming tricks you can do, and like with a hat and just all the fundamentals of it feel really good. Um, can, so all the core fundamentals, the great music, the great arts the great graphics like what Nintendo is able to pull out of the switch and what they're able to do like in design wise to make that game look the way it does is incredible. Um, all the music is just wonderful and it in going with the music, like the, all the taking all the core Mario stuff and then putting him in just these wild ass environments, like new donk city, which has, real like human people and but there's like little two foot mario run like three foot mario running around and it it raises like very many like striking you know metaphysical questions about the mario universe as we know it because i had assumed mario was human but i don't think he is so is he just like a baby i don't i don't know um but just all like the different weird environments they put you in and um and like all the stuff with like the taking on different forms and all the things that they can do gameplay wise with that is all like fun and unique. Um, it's just it's a uh, it's it, it it's the successor to Super Mario sixty four that is it is so so good in so many different ways. It has so many great moments and just the core. It has so much like weird stuff going on in a really good way, but none of that stuff ever detracts from like the the core platforming being just super duper fun, uh, and that is why it is my uh, number three game of the year. Uh, so Josh, hit us with the number two. Number two, the dose. It is the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. That is my number two game of the year. Again, there isn't 
much that I can really say beyond what Mike already said. Um, being the first game that I played on the Switch, being the Zelda game that it is after the last few entries mm. in the series to... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Skyward Sword. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, Nintendo took a lot of risk with this game, and on paper, the when they pitched it as like basically Zelda, but if Skyrim, like there's a part of that where you look and you go, there's there's no way, there's no way that Nintendo can pull this off. There's no way that they can make this compelling. They There's no way that they can make this simple enough to get a grasp on quickly. Like, there's, there's just... There's, there's just no way for it to come out and be the masterpiece that it is to be so utterly engrossing, having the wonderful and rich environment and places and people being as as sparsely populated as it really is to both have that feeling of connection to the space and the utter aloneness that you can feel it sometimes you know it's it's Mm -hmm. a really it's a really hard balance to find and nintendo somehow did it in a medium where I did not really feel that they would ever truly be that bold again. You know, with with one of their tentpole franchises, it's hard to take that level of risk and that level of redefinement of a franchise. And they did it, and they did it in such such an... unbelievable way that that uh zelda breath of the wild is my number two game beautiful just as a preface um the uh number two the the margin here between one and two for me is just razor thin and was something I agonized about for a long time here but I think I've ultimately made the correct I've, I've made the decision that I think I most agree with here. Um, But it it is incredibly close between one and two for me. And number two, my number two game of the year is Destiny 2. And it is Destiny 2 because as someone who loved Destiny, I love Destiny 1. And Destiny 2 in a lot of ways is a takes what I really liked about Destiny 1, streamlines it, and, and makes... and I mean, first of all, I'm playing it on PC, so the game is absolutely gorgeous. It runs incredibly smoothly. Uh, the core gameplay of it is just so much damn fun. Uh, I mean, shoot guys, see numbers get up, get new loot, kind of build your character, build, like, spec into, like, a really great loadout... Uh, I mean, explore really cool environments. I, I really like the lore of the de- of Destiny. 
Um, and just how like just the kind of different experiences I can have with Destiny, where if it's it's a game that I I you know even if I don't really have like I've kind of done most of my like weekly kind of objectives, it's something I'll still just like maybe play and put a podcast on just because I love the just the core gameplay of it is just so so much fun and even if I'm not really like aiming for any of my major objectives it's just I just love that core loop of it so much that it's really attractive to play even if you know I don't have any real goals to shoot for but so it, it's fun to play casually but uh doing the I I I joined a clan earlier this year and did the raid and uh, it, it I don't know if it was like generally people said it wasn't one of the best destiny raids compared to some of the ones in destiny one, but I just had an absolute blast doing it. And it was one of my favorite kind of gaming moments this year, even though I didn't really do it with the normal uh, crew I play with. Um, I mean, just the, the scope of it, the, the challenge of working with other people. um, And it was just so satisfying to kind of, have everything fall in the loop and complete the toughest challenge in that game. Um, and so like destiny, I love destiny too, because there's so many different ways that I can approach that for enjoyment with, whether it's just casual hangout or if it's, you know, serious try hard, Mike, like the core gameplay of it is just so much fun that, um, I could, I could, I've just been ever since that game came out, it's really actually been a problem with, uh, the game of the year stuff just because I just don't want to play anything else. Like I'm like, yeah, I could play through the end of Mario and Rabbids, or I could maybe look into this other switch game, like golf story or something. But then that means I can't play destiny Two, And it's just the core gameplay is just so addicting and so much fun that I just have not been able to put it down since I got it. So that is why it's my uh, number two. Yeah. So I did not want to, mention this in my honorable mentions because I didn't want to less let it tip that I did not put it in my top five, but I did not put Destiny 2 in my top five. That being said, I have played a lot of Destiny and I do legitimately love that game. I have a lot of fun playing that game. I have pretty much forsaken all other games since I purchased Destiny 2. It is a highly addictive game. It is a beautiful game. It is a fun game. That is not to say it isn't without its flaws. There are some very oh yeah glaring problems with Destiny 2, which is why it's not on the top five list. And the, the sad thing is it could easily be on this list, if not number one, if some of some some of the changes that seem pretty pretty basic and pretty there's some definite. I think pretty much no brainers to solve. Yeah, were to happen, like this game could be so much. It could be so much more. It's a good game as it is, but it could be near perfection if they would just make one or two little tweaks to it. Yeah, that's kind of like that. With there are definitely some things that I think need some changes that need to get made to Destiny as far as the the longevity and the end game. Um, I mean, there's certainly very valid concerns about it, especially if you've been with a lot of the news about destiny. Um, but despite all I, that, that those reasons are kind of why I didn't want to give it my top top mark. Um, but despite all of those concerns, just like 
just night in and night out, like I have so much damn fun playing that game just because the the core gameplay is so so damn good. Um that I, I still um that I, I mean I still that's why I kinda I kept that at number two and uh I am still absolutely super duper excited till every week I'm still excited to see what Zer sells. I'm excited to, for like what the reset is and what the nightfall is and I just I'm man, I just love playing that game so much. It is so much fun. Alright, well that's kind of what I've got to say about Destiny, so Josh, hit us with the number one, baby. The number one game of the year for me this 2017 is Wolfenstein to the new Colossus. Color me surprised. (laughs) Anybody who has been listening to me talk about anything since this game has released has probably had some good indication that this was going to be my game of the year especially since i've said this game might potentially be in my top five games of all time i will preface all of this with saying i know that there are some issues with this game i know that there are some people who complain about the level design complain about the difficulty and there are those are complaints that while some of them i recognize others maybe i'm just really good at video games i did not feel like i thought you guys wow. might just let me go but oh, i do better no. <laughs> i uh i just i didn't <laughs> Maybe I'm just great. That's I don't so know. good. Maybe you just have better taste than we do. Maybe you all should just get good, is what Josh just said. I'm dying over here, fam. Oh my god, I'm having a PBR here. Hashtag sponsored. <clears throat> no, we're not. Stop saying <laughs> Anyway, um, back to my get goodness you know (laughs) i did not i did not run into as many of the moments of getting wrecked over and over again i had a couple but i felt like i knew why it was happening um and i and i used the tools available to me um i I didn't really feel like i got lost in the environment in the levels so that, that that's not a problem that i had but just that story and that world is so well crafted so mm-hmm. unbelievably impactful with the seriousness with the humor with the stark nature of war with some of the things that happen around death and moving on and resistance and race and culture and america and everything around that game the the things that it talks to directly the things that it alludes to the things that happen in that story which and i'm trying not to be too specific to avoid spoilers i just i think about that game all the time i you know it's it's a game i feel like i'm gonna go back to and i don't very often replay games that aren't named super metroid but this is one that I feel like I'm going to go back to many times that I'm going to, 
you know, sit down and play with my wife so she can see the game. She can experience the story. She can see the, the lessons and the things that they are talking about both in your face brutally and through subtext, through small interactions, through the way that that game tells story both in big cutscenes and in little character interactions just passing in the environment and on the sub and everywhere. It's just... <clears throat> I have not played a single-player story-driven game like this in a very long time, and I have never played one that has impacted me in such a way. And it it, it is a very solid number one. There, there was very... Very little contention for that spot for me for this year. Beautiful. It's kind of funny because I feel like you could basically take what you just said, swap out a couple of names, and use the same argument for your for, number one game of the year and, and describe my number one game. It's a. Uh, Is it Nier Automata? It is, in fact, near Automata. <laughs> How did I know? And I again, not surprised. And uh, did I think? I think Mike and I both just basically reverted to type for number one games of the year this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think we did. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I mean, just like Josh said for Wolfenstein, I, it's. The way this game, like the world that this game creates through its music, uh, it, it's just the the environment, the characters in that game, how that how the like the the things that that game like the the ideas that are at work in this game. You know, there's some pretty like it's a pretty it's like existentialism the game, but the how it translates that into different into the gameplay itself instead of just lecturing at you and I mean all this like the side quests that just have little bits of story that are really impactful some of the just truly heartbreaking decisions and and encounters you're faced with in in, in that game and and some of the lighthearted moments too are really joyous like it's it is um Man, like that game is, it just, it is really, I mean, kind of like Josh said, it, it's something I think I'm going to be revisiting. Like I, I kind of mentioned, uh, implied a lot of it with the, the, our talk about the, the uh, our best moments, but that ending and, and what it asks you to sacrifice is so profound and wonderful. Um, and I, it's, I've played games with, better graphics i've played games with better combat um i've played i've probably played games that you know have might technically have a, a better might have better plot but the way near automata takes the ideas that it wants to convey to the player and the message and how it just so perfectly crams that into every single thing you do and it's um i mean just how that all comes together and how it the game is constantly shifting from you know you think it's a third person action game but then 
all of a sudden it's a 2D action game. Now it's like a Castlevania. Now it's like a a weird, you know, like arcade style, like shoot 'em up kind of thing. Now it's a text adventure. Uh, just how it is constantly changing what you're expecting from it, and but in all all in service to the the what the story and the incredible message it portrays. I I don't I can probably remember I can remember most of the games I've played and tell you a bit about them but and, and like I said before I've played I've played tighter action games than Nier Automata and I've played games that are a lot prettier than Nier Automata but I don't <laughs> I've never played anything like this I don't think I ever will and I don't think it's a game I'll ever forget um, and as like a final note here, I think the the message of of Nier Automata kind of it, it's ultimately it's about creating meaning in in a in a life that you know doesn't have any grand create. It means the game the game is essentially about what it. What do you do when you are presented with the undeniable fact that there's no grand meaning or picture for your for for your life and existence? And different people are going to respond to that question very differently. And that and what that game ultimately says about that question, I think, is something that is profoundly inspiring and hopeful, and is just. I've never seen a game do anything like that before, and and like I said, I don't think it's something I'll ever forget. So, like I said, it's probably not. It's uh, it is just a really just <coughs> incredible achievement in 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 like in storytelling in a game, and that is why it's my game of the year. Very good. Boom. I like it. Beautiful. Also, you're very dirty for not having Wolfenstein. Oh, come on. It's like number... I, I fixed the... I, I, I did some jiggering with the list. It's like 9 or 10. Don't worry. If that game played as good as Doom, we'd be really talking about something, but... Oh, my God. I'm going to agree with Mike on this have, one. Doom doesn't have 99% of the fucking story that... Mm, more story isn't always good, Josh. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you, Josh. When the story's that fucking good. <laughs> I mean, Doom I played really some Doom 2016, Doom and it's got a, a damn a good story. story. Right, I'm not saying, well, I'm not saying Doom has a better story. Too, th- asshole. <laughs> I'm not saying top 10 anime betrayal is here, folks. <laughs> okay. I'm not <laughs> saying... When we get off this call, Mike and I are going to run a... Destiny 2 Heroic Raid, and you're going to start Wolfenstein 2. God damn it. I'm not okay, saying that the, the, Doom the, the has a better story than Wolfenstein. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that Doom... I ha- said Doom has a really good story. Doom does have a good story. It's just very... It knows to keep it stupid simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, well, Josh, now that we've kind of gone over our personal top fives... We should begin negotiations to give out the not as good as top tap tycoony award. 
And uh, based on, if we kind of stuck everything in our algorithms, um, I believe I had <laughs> Breath of the Wild at number four. What did you have Breath of the Wild at? Um, I had Breath of the Wild at number two. Well, I don't know a lot about math here, but as the game both of us played and both rated at four and two... Um, Mario Odyssey is kind of the outlier here, obviously, and that might change depending on your thoughts compared to Zelda as you play through that game more. But how do you feel about awarding the uh the almost as the not as good as Tap Tycoon Award, but still pretty good award to uh, Breath of the Wild? Um, I would be pretty comfortable with awarding Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild the not as good as Tap Tycoony, but still pretty good award. Um, with the caveat that we also then award the it's basically a clicker, but not stop fooling yourself and just admit what you are award to Destiny 2. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't like this award anymore. I thought this was a good idea, but now I, I, this is actually a bad idea. Mike's number two entry of there was an attempt. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull the I'm gonna pull the giant bomb move here and be and say if you guys don't think the not as good as Tap Tycoony is going to a game that isn't near Automata, we're gonna be here all night. Um, no, congratulations to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I think if we, uh, not as good as Tap Tycoony, but still pretty pretty good. I think, yeah, yeah, I think if you stick our list in a meat grinder, that's (laughs) Zelda is what comes out near the top. Yeah. But you know who, with, uh, depending on your thoughts on Mario as you play through that, who knows, that might change. change, Because Mario's pretty damn good. (laughs) It's true. And it has the added... Um, if, if, you know, if, if I do like Mario a lot, it has the added, I haven't really liked it like 3D Mario ever. So really, like, yeah. I could really shoot. That could be, yeah. What I guess, have you played, like you've played Galaxy? I played a bit of Galaxy, not enough to Oof. really have an opinion. Yeah. Which is probably Galaxy's my first great. Day. I know it's not like, it's different from like the traditional <laughs> 3D Marios, but did you ever play 3D World? Because that game is pretty good, too. No, that might just one, be right? for the Wii U, actually, now that I think about it. No, Nintendo, that you need to re-release that game. That game is too good to just let die on the Wii U. Come on. You're re-releasing Bayonetta. It, you, come on. Just just do it. You're welcome. Just do it. Also, Smash Bros. That's, really that's really more of a Platinum Games decision, not a Nintendo decision. So I think Ray- Smash is coming out on the Wii, on the Switch, so... Um, well, I think that wraps up our games of the year for 2017. Wait. If, oh, right. Sorry, sorry. I got one category I wanted to add, and I uh, made it up <laughs> a while ago. And it's my game industry nod of, you did good, son. It's, as I just mentioned, Platinum Games. In 2016... I played, and I still have on my game shelf, probably one of the worst video games I have ever played in my life. 
and that was Platinum Games Star Fox Zero. And what made it the worst was a control scheme, and it was just a retelling of Star Fox 64. You had one job, apparently, and it was to make the, th- the fourth To remake <laughs> Star Fox Adventures. No, stop. <laughs> I want to go back to Dino Planet. <laughs> you're all, you're both horrible yes. people. The fear oh, test. Do the fear test again. It's very fun and not awful. And honestly, that was like the third time Platinum had released like a really crappy game. There was a Legend of Korra game and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. And there was a question of like, does this does this studio know what it's doing anymore? How can the studio that created like Vanquish and Bayonetta just be like tripping so hard? What's what's going on, Hideki Kamiya? And I love Hideki Kamiya. If you follow, if you have a Twitter. And you love video games in the game industry. Hideki Kamiya has the most real talk Twitters you will ever read from a game developer, ever. He just does not give a fuck. And I just respect the hell out of him for it. And then they release uh, Mike's number one, near Automata? Automata? Whatever. And I don't know what happened between Star Fox Zero and Nier, but it's... You... It's hard to convince me that the same studio made these games. It really is. One is a dumpster fire on the Nintendo Wii U. This other one is just this wonderful piece of storytelling and gameplay and music and this questioning of the human experience. And that's why the Platinum Games. I see you. You get my nod of approval. You guys are doing good. I don't know what you guys got to do for Bayonetta 3, but go ahead and you do it up. I'll be right there to throw my money at it. Keep it up. You guys will continue to get my support and money. Word. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that just about wraps it up here for our uh, our Game of the Year podcast. Uh, like we said here at the top, you know, we're going to be moving over some, some channels and stuff, so content might be a little spotty here for the next little bit, but... We'll keep you posted, and when things are, where our pipeline is kind of back up and running, you'll, I'm sure you'll be well aware. <laughs> so, uh, just keep, uh, keep eyes peeled out for that. And, uh, you know where you can go, Mike, to make sure you are kept current on any changes that are happening here with Unscripted Gaming. Do, do you know where? Do you know where you can go for that? I've tried nothing, and I'm all out of ideas. Josh, where do well, I let go? Let me tell you. You can follow us on Facebook <laughs> at Unscripted Gaming. You can. Follow us at Twitter at unscript underscore gaming. You can get us on SoundCloud at unscripted gaming. No, unscripted dash gaming. Oh, fuck. I can't remember. I haven't done this in a minute. Whatever. Go to Google Play Music. Go to Pocket Cast. Go to, uh, what's that thing called that Apple users use? iTunes. Fuck iTunes. But if you use it, go get unscripted gaming in your ears. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. You'll be kept current of everything that's going on, and you will get all that information right to you as we go through some uh, changes here. But uh, I think from all of us here at Unscripted Gaming, thank you for listening in 2017, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next year. Absolutely. It's, It's been a joy. Peace out. Thank you, everybody.